God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. All tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. All tidings of comfort and joy. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ the Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. All tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. All tidings of comfort and joy. In Bethlehem in Israel, this blessed babe was born, and laid within a manger upon his blessed morn. The witch's mother married in love and taken scorn. All tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. All tidings of comfort and joy. Finland then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is for a savior, a blessed virgin bride. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and light. Old tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Old tidings of comfort and joy.
Christmas. How's everybody doing? Good to see you. How about Miraculum? Jared Grantham and that band and Brent Shattuck tearing up that guitar. That is worthy of a little something, something. And then that video, holy cow, all of that produced, and I, I have to ask forgiveness, Curry up in the booth. Curry Morris back there, he is our, our video guy. I mean, he is the resident expert. He put all of that together. Jerry Grantham and all of his team did, I mean, all of it. Just unbelievably amazing, all done right here in-house. Do you know how blessed we are? Let's give it up for them as well. Great job, man. Good job. Good, good job. I tell you what, we, you, you know, you, you, you get to sit under that for a while and you sort of just think, well, that's just the way it is everywhere. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful, very thankful for that team. They do an outstanding job. They don't put me in any of that stuff because, yeah. They know better. But uh, it's good to be with you this morning. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Andy Stovall. I am the uh, pastor of Congregational Life here at the bridge. Pastor Jim, please be in prayer for him. He is sick today. He lost his voice almost completely this weekend. And uh, so you get me. So here we go. Um, <laughs> but we are coming in for a landing in our series called The Best Christmas Gift. And... Uh, we have we have been you know kind of gearing up for the for the christmas season here how many of you are ready how many of you you're ready for christmas you've done your shopping you've been in the rush you've done i mean everybody's going no we're not really it's 2 days away you better whatever you've done it better be enough right um uh, but that's not what i mean getting ready for all of that it is you know it does seem to be a rush time we got a lot going on you get around seeing a lot of family and all that, and all of that's wonderful. But are you ready to just disconnect and really connect with the real reason for the season? And that's Jesus. That's, that's Him. It, it, it's celebrating the birth of Christ. It's celebrating who He is and the gifts that He wants to give to you. We've identified some of these gifts in the course of this series that we've been in. In the first week, we talked about Jesus. He is the indescribable gift. He is that gift to us that, that just is the gift above every gift. And because of Jesus, we have peace. The mysterious gift. And then we have joy, the eternal gift. And today, I want to talk to you and explore for just a moment um, the unopened gift. Let's hear it for TJ as he comes out and brings me my unopened gift. Can we hear it for TJ this morning? Good job, buddy. So I didn't get any, any applause in the early service, and I told them, I said, hey, I might be giving this to you. You know, you never know. At the end of the service, it may be yours, so we'll see how that goes. Um, now, when we look at this box, I want you to use your imagination for just a moment and consider what could be in this box. Now, do you think maybe it's a car, a brand new car? <laughs> Michael said, yeah, it's a matchbox car. So it's probably not a new car that you can get in and drive around, and probably not even a new body of a new car uh, that you could do so in. It's not a new house. It's too small to be a new house, right? 
Um, not a, a, a new husband, nor uh, the new body of an old husband, right? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where mine went, but I uh, wish it was in this box. It's not. So anyway, it's under a lot of Bojangles biscuits. I can tell you that. That's where mine went. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what this is, but here's what we do know about this gift. What we do know about this gift is that nothing is in here. It, it cannot be anything bigger than the size of this box, right? It's got to be that. That's, that's what it has to be. It cannot be anything other than that. That's what limits it. So we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But what I do want to do is go to Luke chapter 2 again as we look at the Christmas story. And I want us to read just one verse out of Luke 2. It's in verse 14. Uh, the Bible says, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, what does it mean to have his favor? Well, in order to answer that question, we need to know whose favor we're getting. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called what, what, are, what are his names? And, and names in, in the Bible, names in the Old Testament of God are very, are very important because they describe what? Do you know? They describe the character of God. So a name's a big deal. Your name is a big deal. Having a good name. The Bible talks about that, but that's a whole other sermon. But the names of God are, what are they? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I don't have time to unpack all of those names here this morning, but I do want to focus just a moment on mighty God. See, Isaiah is talking about the mighty God who spoke and the world came into existence. The mighty God who parted the Red Sea and the children of Israel, Israel walked through on dry ground. The mighty God who raised Christ from the dead. Yes, we do serve a wonderful counselor. He is our God. He is the Prince of Peace. We thank our Heavenly Father for who He is, but never forget that we serve a mighty God. More powerful than any problem you will ever have or you will ever face. He is a mighty God. And I want to go back to this gift for just a moment. As we consider this gift, here's what I want you to understand. The limit to how much a mighty God can release favor and power in your life is defined by the size of the box that you've put him in. How big is the box you have put him in? See, Matthew 9 teaches us, according to your faith, it will be done to you. God's chosen to limit his favor and power in your life by how much you're willing to believe he can do. The size of the box that you put him in. Now, I want you to understand something here. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. God is more than enough power in your life to help you with any problem, anything you ever face. He's more than enough to help you forget yesterday's failures to function in today's frustrations, and to face tomorrow's fears with faith. He's more than enough for all of that. But we live oftentimes with a sense of failure. 
Anybody know anybody like that? Anybody here today who life hasn't turned out the way you hoped? Maybe you're frustrated with life. You wanted so much more and it was always just out of your reach. Or maybe there's an insecurity about yourself or a relationship or your future. See, the only thing we do when we focus on that uh, with the past is we regret it. only thing we do with our present is waste it. And the only thing we'll do with our future is dread it. And God doesn't want us living that way. He never intended for us to do that. John 10.10 says, I came that you may have life and what? And that life more abundantly. Now what does the word abundantly mean in the Greek? It means over and above what is needed. Giving you what you want. We're about to celebrate Christmas and we give gifts at Christmas and we're not getting what we need. We're getting what we want, right? We love giving good gifts and seeing people happy and giving what we want. Well, that sounds like favor to me. And, uh, but in order to get it, you've got to believe he can before he can. He wants you to take a step of faith. Now, I know it's hard for you to believe, but I am not going to plan to keep you very long today. This is going to be quick. But I do want to take a moment to build your faith by showing some examples in Scripture as to what God has done in the lives of people that we read about there to help them in their past, present, and future. So, the first uh, thing that Christmas represents for each and every one of us is the power to forget yesterday's failures. The power to forget yesterday's failures. Now, uh, let's be honest, we all make mistakes, right? Anybody not made a mistake out there? We've all made mistakes. We've all blown it. Um, we've, we've hurt people, we've disappointed people. Um, the problem is that far too many people let their past mistakes define how they live in the present. Your past mistakes haunting you and following you everywhere you go. There's a story told of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He sent a, a gag, an, an anonymous telegram to his best friends. He said, all is found out. Flee at once. Within 24 hours, everybody he knew and sent that telegram to had left the country um, because they thought everything had been out. And, and you know, we look behind us and we, we have unresolved guilt. We have hidden sin. And when we do that, we're constantly looking over our shoulders wondering, who knows? Who's going to find out? Is somebody going to find out what's going on? The failure that I've had in my life. And here's the problem. When we're tied to yesterday's failures, we can't enjoy today's opportunities. You can't let the failures of yesterday keep you from the opportunities that are here today. All of us have had skeletons in our closet. Hopefully, we're getting them out. You get them out in the open. You get rid of them. But if you keep skeletons in your closet, they cloud confidence. And without a, a, a clear conscience, we, are, we don't see future for ourselves. And so when we have those skeletons and they, they cloud the confidence that we have and our conscience isn't clear, then we can't see past our past. Anybody ever been there? You look at your past and you think, that's it, that's all I'll ever be, is I'm defined by the things that I've done or the mistakes that I've made. How can we do it? Well, 
You can't do it on your own. But you can do it according to Scripture through God's help. In 1 John 1, 9, he says, If we confess our sins, he's what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. God wipes it out. One of the greatest examples of that is King David. And we talk about King David a lot. David gets picked on quite a bit. David messed up pretty big. He lusted after a married woman. He went to be with that married woman. He messed up and then when he found out that, that her husband was coming back, he, wouldn't, he, he, he was like, man, you need to go home to your wife. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. He sent him back out on the front lines. He had him basically killed. He messed up big. There are all kinds of implications that followed the mistake that David made. But here's one thing that David understood. He understood this principle. He went to God in Psalm 51, beginning in verse 1. The Living Bible paraphrase says, O loving and kind God, have mercy. Have pity on me and take away the unlawful stain of my transgressions. O wash me and cleanse me from this guilt. Let me be pure again. I admit my shameful deed. It haunts me day and night. He came to God and said, God, forgive me for what I've done here is the stuff. Here's my past. Here are my failures. Here are my mistakes. I'm standing in this super bright light. And that's what God wants us to do with our failures and mistakes is let the light of His glory and forgiveness shine on those mistakes. Well, if I do that, what will happen to me, preacher? If I do that, what will He do with that? Well, see, here's the good news. The Bible says because of Jesus, we can be born again. We can be born again, not reincarnated, not a, a mystical out-of-body experience, and not just turning over a new leaf. Now, we're about to start a brand new year. Don't make a resolution. You're going to keep it maybe at best till March, okay? Don't do that. Let's start brand new. See, with, with Jesus, we get a new life. We get new life with Him. When He forgives us, He gives us newness of life. And because David handled his sin God's way, and because God's power is greater than any sin, before David died, the Bible says that God said he was a what? A man after my own heart. He's a man after my own heart. Acts 13, 36. When David had served God, God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. See, he prayed that prayer. Have mercy on me. Have pity on me. Forgive me. And then another thing that David prays in Scripture is search me, O God, and see if there is any unclean thing in me. See, why was he a man after God's own heart? Because he, he got real with God. He got honest with God. And he said, Lord, I'm not trying to put on. I don't want to pretend like I'm something I'm not. God, you, you work this thing out in me. And when we're willing to do that and we're able to do that, then God begins to deal with those past failures. And they get behind us and they quit being roadblocks in the way of what God wants to do in our life. 
So Christmas represents the power to forget yesterday, but it also represents the power to function with today's frustrations. I'm not even going to ask you if you have a current frustration because you're doing this. And if you can do that, somebody or something or someone is frustrating you, right? We've got them. How about the frustration of finances? Um, Gift buying bring any pressure to you? It may not be that you don't have the money to buy it. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's you don't know what to buy. I don't know. I was out with my wife the other day, and we were Christmas shopping, probably about three days ago. Well, what I do is look at her at the beginning of the season, and I say, all right, I need you to tell me uh, who we need to get things for, and let's establish a budget, a baseline, right? Uh, Pastor Jim, our, our executive pastor here, he always tells us the budget is the boss. Well, sometimes at Christmas, the budget is the boss, ish right it's kind of the boss and but that would be really cool you know if we got that too so we're out and we're shopping and she's she's going through her list of this is what we've got and so I'm thinking all right Troy we got five or six days to Christmas who else do we still need to get stuff for so I'm I'm sitting here and I'm doing math and I'm calculating and I what did you spend here and what did you spend there and what I feel like an auctioneer you know what what are we doing and um and finally she just says stop stop I can do one of two things I can buy Christmas presents or I can do math, but I can't do both. And so I told her I would do the math and she could buy the presents and I stopped talking. So, um, (laughs) But um, I got one person that affirmed that right there. How about time? How about time? You ever, have you, do you find yourself having so much more to do than time to do it? I mean, we are so busy, we have so many advances and so much technology to help us be so much more efficient in many of the tasks that we do today. You know, I mean, I remember when I was in college and the clapper was a big deal, you know, clap on, clap off, you know, these kids don't even know what that is anymore because you don't need it anymore. You go to your phone and you can be a thousand miles away and turn lights on in the den why do you need to do I don't know why you need to do that, but you can do that, you know. But we run out of, you know, we've, we've got all this stuff going on, but we don't have enough time. U.S. News and World Report said this about the average person's lifespan. For 23 years, we sleep. For 17 years, we work. For 11 years, we watch TV. Wow. Six years, we eat. Two years we dress, two years we travel, and one year we're in church. That's the average life. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that's how I want my life to total up. And then how about people? How about people? People ever frustrate you? I know y'all, none of you guys get frustrated by anybody. Everything's all cool. And, and I'm pretty good. I do very, very well. You can ask my family. I got my girls here. I'm so happy to have them here. Got my girls from Texas and New York here. New York City. Um, they're here. And, and they can affirm this to you as well. But when I get behind the wheel of an automobile, 
a metamorphosis occurs. I don't know what it is, guys. Please tell me I'm not the only one. But we're, we're shopping. Same shopping experience where she told me to quit making her do math. I'm in the car and we're, we're turning off of Berkeley Boulevard. Now, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give any details, you know, except about me. So, you know, after church, don't ask me a bunch of questions about who was it. So I'm turning off of Berkeley Boulevard, downtown Goldsboro, if you're not from this area. And I get onto a bypass, a four lane. Well, when I turn, there's a car that gets right behind me. And I mean, he's, he's right behind me. And I do want to preface this by saying I had eaten. So I, I had a full stomach. This happened after I was full. So uh, if anybody gets hangry, you know what I'm talking about. So I, I'm up on the thing, and, and this guy, I mean, he is just, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and this guy's on me. And I've got a little car this year that's got a little bit of umph to it, you know. And I mean, so I'm riding up the own ramp, and he's, he's kind of riding me pretty pretty stout and I'm like well, I'm going to get this guy off me a little bit so I just get on the accelerator a little and move away from him and we're all good for about three seconds and then Gary he's right back on me again I'm like what is the deal with this guy so I'm, I'm riding along well he gets right behind me and then he swings out and gets beside me and like any good honest red-blooded American when he pulls up beside me, I'm like, you ain't passing me, you know? You're going to ride me like that, think you're going to get by that easy? So I get on it again. Well, about a second and a half into this little thing we had going on on the, on the road there in Goldsboro, I see blue lights beside me. <laughs> He just hits them. Then, I didn't even know they could do this as quickly as they did, but he shines a spotlight in the car. <laughs> and I go, and I slow way down. <laughs> and then I start getting real repentant. You know, I'm like, please, God, forgive me for doing, being dumb. And, you, yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, I'm, I'm riding along, and he's, we take the exit onto, onto um, Spence, right? The very next exit. I take that exit, and I'm just praying the whole time, please go straight while I turn, and, and he does. And so that was a gift. I didn't deserve it. He was doing his job. He should have stopped me. Thank you, Jesus, and whoever you are, God bless you. Um, so I look over. As I'm turning, taking this exit, I didn't need to take. I just wanted to see if I was going to get a ticket tonight. And uh, I look over, and my wife is just grinning, you know. She's not a word. She just loves it, you know, relishing in the fact that she, you know. Because she, she's always saying to me, guys, why do you let people you don't even know bother you? I didn't know it was a cop, you know. <laughs> so, here's what I'm here to do. Listen, listen. I went through that experience for you. <laughs> don't be me, okay? When you leave here today, don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, I, honestly, I'm thankful for all that our law enforcement does. And I, and I was in the wrong, you know. I blew it. But, but, we, but we let people frustrate us. And that was one of those I was able to go, Phew, you know, glad that worked out the way it did. 
But we can let things just hammer us to the point that they keep us. They keep us from God's best in our life. Anytime you find yourself frustrated, oftentimes it's because the solution is beyond our control. You know, we get frustrated because we're, we're going through something and it's just beyond our control and we're frustrated about it. And, 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 and the question that I want to ask you in that is how big is, how big is your God box? And probably even a better question is, is your problem box bigger than your God box? Do you understand what I'm asking you right there? Are you looking at what you're facing and saying, man, this is bigger. It's too, it's too big for me. And when we see what we're facing and we come to that conclusion, I agree with you. It is too big for you. But it isn't too big for God. We sang. In the very first song that we did this morning, we, t we sang about an omnipotent God. You know what that word means? It means all-powerful. He is an all-powerful God. What does that tell us in this world we live in? Yes, in this world we're going to have trouble. Yes, in this world we face difficult things. But what it says is there's a God who created me that's big enough to handle whatever it is I face. Don't let your problem be bigger than the box you've put God in. Here's a great story to illustrate that from Scripture. It's the woman with the issue of blood in Luke chapter 8. In verse 43, it says, A woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her, came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Jesus was at the height of his popularity. Throngs of people gathered around him all the time and that day there were a bunch of people around him and they saw this lady coming and they're like you don't need to get near Jesus you know you got this thing going on and mm -mm. but here's what she knew that Jesus was bigger than her problem and she was bound and determined she wasn't going to let herself in a sea of all these people with these tiny boxes keep her from getting to God and she pressed through she pressed boldly in and she said I'm touching the hem of his garment because I know that I can find healing through Christ she didn't let anybody around her stop her and maybe that's the word for you today maybe God's word to you today is press in boldly you're exhausted, you're wore out, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I can do this afternoon, much less tomorrow. You're right. You can't. But He can. Will you press into Him today? Will you press in and not allow today's frustrations, today's hurt, today's pain, today's tragedy affect what God is going to do for you in the days to come. And then thirdly, 
God gives us. Christmas represents the power to forget yesterday's failures, the power to function in spite of today's frustrations, and the power to face tomorrow's fears with faith. Because when we've gone through the frustrations of today, through the hurt, the pain, the disillusionment of today, it's very easy to look at tomorrow with fear. Very easy. Jesus was teaching one time and he was out performing miracles and Mary and Martha sent for him and said, Our brother is sick. You've heard the account before. It's of, of Lazarus. And Jesus didn't go right away, did he? He waited. He tarried. And what happened? Well, here's what he faced when he got back. In John chapter 11, verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even, if, even when Jesus replied, Your brother will live again. Here's what she said. Yes, Jesus, I know he will. I know that we're all going to be resurrected and we're going to be in heaven, but we're grieving now. Anybody there? Anybody ever been in that place? God, I know that. I know we've got the promise of heaven. I know, but I'm grieving right now. Jesus' response in John eleven thirty five, he wept. And I'm not here to talk about the, the commentators. We hear all different types of reasons why he cried. But I would offer that possibly one reason that he cried was because Martha had him in such a tiny box. I wonder if Jesus weeps when he sees what little faith we put in him. I'm not trying to be harsh this morning, but maybe you need to know this. You, you know, you came here believing your marriage has no future. You came here uh, today and you've heard the doctor's news report that he's given you. He's told you this is what you're facing. This is what your future will hold and and you feel powerless from that. Or maybe you walked in today with a mountain of debt towering over you. And you're thinking, there is no way I can even begin to climb what I'm facing right here. Whatever your frustration is, my prayer is that you won't limit God's favor. And that you won't limit His power by putting Him in a box of your own making. Ephesians 1, the Apostle Paul prayed this prayer in verse 18. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Yeah, man, but I got some big problems you don't even know. I got, I, I've, I've got stuff you, you can't even begin to fathom. Well... Ephesians 3.20, the living Bible paraphrase says, Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. I believe it's the NIV translation that says he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all we could ever ask or think. That's who God is for you. And that is the story of Christmas. Whether you need to forget yesterday's failures. 
function with today's frustrations or face tomorrow's fears with faith. God's bigger than any problem that you face. He's bigger than anything you're facing right now. But here's what we have to do. We've got to get rid of this box. We put him in it. And we've got to get rid of it. I'm going to ask you to do something with me. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand right where you are. And would you just come forward and let's close together in prayer. And as you're coming forward today, I'm going to let you go quick, I promise. As we're coming forward today, what I want us to do is you walk up here symbolically. I want us to take our box. I want us to open it up. And I want us to destroy it. If this is how we're seeing God, I don't want us to see God like that anymore. That He's welcome in this tiny area of my life. Or He's able to do this. Or He's able to do that. I was talking with someone the other day. and We were sharing and said, you know what? The beautiful thing about God and the beautiful thing about His power and presence in our life is He doesn't offer us a plan B or C. There's only God's plan. And so oftentimes when this box is sitting here and we put God there, we've got Him there, but then back behind it we got some other stuff. Maybe we're going to depend on our finances to, to get us through. Or maybe we're going to depend on our health and strength and fitness to get us through. Whatever it is that we may be depending on. But God says there's one plan. There's one thing. There's one focus this Christmas. And it is Jesus. And He's way bigger than anything you could ever fathom. So there's no need in constructing a box and putting him in it. Let him be God in your life. That's what I'm saying this morning. Let him be God. Whatever it is you're facing. I Look, some of you are facing things I can't even begin to fathom. I'm not here to tell you I understand what you're facing. I'm not, I would never do that disservice to you. Or our friendship. I don't know. I don't know your pain. But I know when God is God, He can heal, He can bring peace, and He can restore and give new life to something that we would look at and say is dead and gone. And there's no resuscitating it. But God can do that. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, as we pray this Eve before Christmas Eve, we come to you, Lord, and first and foremost, I just ask you personally to forgive me for the box I've put you in. You know, I want to believe I've got a, a pretty large amount of faith, but I know I'm human and I know that there are things that I've created. There are things that I have failed to come to you and, and ask you for. And God, today I ask you to forgive me for that and I... I come to you exposed and I just ask you, Lord, to be God in my life. And Lord, that is my prayer for each person that's standing here. That is thinking in their mind, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to think, much less 
this thing you're talking about with God and how I've made him small. Just let him be God. The things that burden you, the things that weigh you down, let God take that. And God do in it what only you can. Maybe we're here today and the very first hiccup, that very first point we talked about, not being able to get beyond our past, maybe that's you today. You know what you've done and you know how you failed and you have never believed that the people around you could forgive you and definitely not God. I'm here this morning to affirm to you His forgiveness is available to you right here, right now. Will you receive it? Will you ask for His forgiveness? Will you come to Him as David did and say, Forgive me, O God. Wash me clean. Make me new, Lord. I need newness of life today. Whatever it is, Trust Him with it this Christmas. There will be presents you open. There will be things that you give. There will be family that you spend time with. But the greatest gift this Christmas is Jesus. It's His presence in your life. And it's allowing Him to be who He so desires to be in your life. Trust Him. Seek Him, and you will find Him. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you're here today and you made a decision to follow Jesus, please text New Life to 55498. We want to know about that. First-time guests, don't forget your gift on your way out.